Hi people, this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development and we are currently live in the breakout room. We have an amazing guest to share his information, his experiences and his story with us on this episode. So let me introduce him by the time being until he comes on camera. His name is Daryl Williams. He's an inspirational speaker leadership and relationship coach, White House Communications Agency Hall of Fame member, ICF accredited master certified life coach, and the presidential service badge recipient. There is so much more to this individual, but we'll get that information from him shortly. So let's welcome into the studio, our guest, Darrell Williams. How are you? Good evening and welcome. Good evening, Andy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. It's great and wonderful to have you in our presence after your esteemed number of years given service to the U.S. government and the people of the U.S. of A. I want to begin right away by asking you, Daryl, when you think about your long and successful career, and I know I'm not using that word lightly, what is the one incident that actually comes to mind that you just can't forget and always seem to remember? There's that feeling that you always get when you think about that one experience, and probably that one experience just sums up the success that you have had in your career. Can you recall for us? Sure. Um... The word that comes to mind is fortunate. And then the experience I remember was when we are doing the preliminary setups for the president to arrive, uh, normally we walk through the back of the hotels, you know, different reasons, but, you know, we have to get the equipment in there and all that stuff set up before he gets there. And one of the things that stood out to me, Andy, was I'm walking through this hotel with the general manager, right? And the people normally don't see people like us in charge like that. So when they saw me walking through the hotel and then coming back afterwards, downstairs, you know, where their cooks are and, you know, the laundry people and all that. And I'm walking back there, just talking to them and sharing. They're like, you know, I can't believe this guy is talking to us. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm just a fortunate individual that just happened to be in this position for a temporary amount of time. You know, I'm, just like everybody else, I've just been fortunate. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Daryl. So I, I, immediately, I want to pick up on what you're just saying. And what were some of the challenges that you face as a man of color in such a position in terms of your ability or inability or maybe the challenges that you face with communicating to people properly what your function was and they not actually focusing on your color so i was really fortunate andy um I'm, I'm telling you people that sent up prayers for me uh were answered because i can honestly say the majority of my time when i walked into the room they may have been surprised in the very beginning but once i started speaking and you know the way i carry myself I always treat other people the way i want to be treated and put them in high regard and so it always put people at ease 
Yeah. Uh, because I didn't flaunt the fact that, you know, I'm doing this service for the White House military office. I always made it where they were doing us a favor. You know, okay. we're so glad, glad to be in your hotel. We're so glad that, you know, we can set up this equipment. We thank you for allowing us to do this. So I always put people in, at ease. And then the, the fact that they knew that we were in the military. So that's one thing we always share with people, you know, we're military, just working special assignment. So I think the way I treated people, the way I carried myself, and then them knowing that we were in the military, uh, a sense kind of came of people like, oh, they're ultimate professionals. This is why they <laughs> do what they do. And yeah. uh, it, it really just um, helped us in all the different aspects uh, that we had to do. Yeah, wonderful. Amazing. 30 years of federal service. Wow. I want to look at the fact that you were considered as an agency outstanding mentor of the Year Agency Human Resources Team that led the Year the Military Veteran Servant Leader Associate. How much of your spirituality was vested into what you actually did as part of your military service. It's interesting, Andy. A lot of people don't know this, but every aspect of what wow. I did really came from my face background. It really did. Wow. Because wow. the golden rule, as people would say it in the Bible, applied to my everyday life. I treated mm. people, again, like they want to be treated. Um, I always held others right and high self-esteem more than myself, which led to the selfless service part of serving others. And the other thing too, is when people made mistakes, you gotta remember Andy, the job that I had, a lot of people made mistakes. Yeah, yeah. But, but that forgiveness part of my faith, it's like, hey, don't worry about it. You're gonna do better the next time. And they're looking like, so you're not gonna punish me? I'm like, no, why would I do that? You're a part of my team, I need you. I said, you still know more about this equipment than I'll ever know. So it would wow. be foolish for me to punish you or use words that were negative because in the end, all of us have to function together to make this thing happen. So having that type of faith-based mentality, um, even though people didn't know where it was coming from, they just thought, man, this guy is super nice and kind and I don't want to let him down. So I'm going to do my best because when he could have crushed me, he didn't. Wow. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. That shows a sense of what we call in our business, intelligence, humility. Yes. And also a certain amount of gratitude just for understanding how are you in a position where you may be in authority? Yes, but at the same time, you're also a servant of the people. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing, Daryl. So I'm looking at your information and I'm seeing some incredible stuff um, to include the Presidential Service Badge, Lacey B. Ivory Service Award, Roy Wilkins Renowned Service Award, the National Louis University Reach Award, and the Stray University Outstanding Alumni Award. I'm not looking for vanity. I know that you're way beyond that, but I'm thinking to myself, in all the awards that you have received, which one stands out the most to you? Which one means the most to you in terms of its merit? So I would definitely say the Presidential Service Badge. 
Um, the PSP, especially in the United States, that is a rare um, piece of um, equipment that you can wear on a military uniform. I mean, even yeah. people that make it to general, if they uh -huh. have not served directly for the president, they cannot even wear that badge. So wow. it's one of those things where if I'm when I was in uniform, if I was going anywhere and I wore that, uh, it would automatically cause people to like, hey, you used to work at the White House or what is that for? <laughs> and then I'm fortunate as an alumni, I get to wear the mm -hmm. President of Service badge lapel pin on all of my suits. Yeah. So right, any right. event that I go to that's important, I always wear that. And it always uh, creates a uh, discussion of, hey, mm -hmm. where is, what is that? How did you get it? What does it mean? And then especially if I'm speaking at a school yeah. and I tell them like, hey, uh, even though it looks like I've done some things, I was just like you, right? I grew up in the inner city, did not have a lot of resources. Um, so uh, I tell them that this badge, when I wear it, represents uh, a story to let everybody else know that if this guy from Compton can do it, then you surely can do, they it, can too. do it too. Yeah, that's a powerful message. Thank you for sharing, Daryl. I appreciate that. I want to focus a bit on you being a member of the White House Communications Agency Hall of Fame. Usually when you hear Hall of Fame, and, and I see your expression, we think about Baseball Hall of Fame, the NFL, basketball, boxing, mostly it's about sports. This is new to me personally. Tell me a bit about this and, and how did it come about? Sure. So our agency has um, been around for a long time. And what they did eventually, the history of it was every year that someone leaves, uh, they have the opportunity going into that next year is the people that are there will do a vote of who has had the most impact during their tour, whether it was four years, five years, or six years. And it's really an honor because it's so many people that do great things there for one. Um, it's hard to even pick yeah, one. Yeah. But for people to be able to collectively say, no, 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 no everybody did well however this guy did this or this guy went the extra mile and did this so you have the one aspect where you get voted in directly and then you have kind of like the nfl right you have the senior committee mm -hmm. and then in the senior committee there's other people again that may not have gone in that kind of like first ballot hall of fame right but they're still yeah. worthy so i was one of those that was nominated through the senior committee and I tell you, Andy, professionally, um, just the most humbling experience that I will ever have because I know that I stand on the shoulders of so many other people that paved the way for me. And when I got to the agency, I surrounded myself with a lot of people that were already doing good things. I've made myself teachable, right? I never got the big head, no matter what happened, I always kept the humble mindset and I was always mm -hmm. in the state yeah. of learning. Yeah. yeah. So my thing when people travel with me, I was known as the trainer. Right. <laughs> Every trip that we went on, if there was a piece of new equipment, if there was a new policy, if there was somebody new on that mission, I would find a way that we would come together as a team and let's allow that person to train us 
on some piece of equipment, some procedure, so that we can all get smarter on it. Because uh, mm -hmm. again, success is born on both sides of the street. There are some people that come yep. in with a lot of knowledge, but then there's other people that gain that knowledge over time. Yeah. So every time I did a mission, Andy, I would want to bridge that gap of the knowledge between the most senior people and those that were junior to let them know that, hey, you may be junior now, but we're going to build you up. So eventually you're going to be on the other side of that. So when my name came up to be nominated and selected, to know that I was one of those individuals that never looked for any type of personal gain, I always put my team above myself, even when it was opportunities to take pictures with the president, right? I never put myself there. I would allow my team to take the picture and I would, you know, kind of just be behind the scenes. To me, it was all about them. So getting that nomination to the Hall of Fame for being a person that did not want attention had a very special meaning to me. Yeah. Wonderful story. Thanks for sharing, Daryl. Now, you are also a certified leadership coach. And you have done that through the ICF, International Coaching Federation. And you're also the CEO of Alliance Seminars Coaching. And this is a veteran-based, faith-based organization that provides clients with motivational speaking, certified workshops, and coaching services. How much of what you have experienced in the military is carried over to what you're doing in alliances? How much of it? Andy, 100% of it is transferred <laughs> over. Wow. Because I always tell people, you cannot have the life that I've had. I've been so blessed that I can just sit on my laurels. Mm. Andy, I have to pay it forward. It's no way right. Right. that I could go to the grave with all these experiences that I've had, all these different uh, opportunities that I've had. I, it's, I have to help somebody else yeah. get to their next level, whatever that level mm -hmm. is. So mm -hmm. coaching allows me to work with individuals who may feel stuck who may feel like they need to make a pivot and I can use my coaching experience as well as my time in the military to help guide them to make the best decision for them and their families. And a lot of it, when I'm coaching, obviously I never tell anyone what to do. I always ask questions that allow them to get the answer on their own because with coaching, we always believe that self is the expert. But yeah. you just have to have those questions to help bring it out for them to realize, like, this is the path that they need to go in. And again, once they make those decisions and they come up with those plans of action and those strategies, every now and then I will share a story that relates to, you know, that situation that they're in. But I'm always quick to tell them, but every situation isn't the same. There's always yeah. variables that yeah. you can account for. And that's why I would say with the coaching, it's great because they know the variables. They help themselves by coming up with the best approach. Wow. Yeah, I love it. Thank you for sharing, Daryl. Now, in terms of mentoring, are you in a position now to mentor a whole lot of people? And when I say a whole lot of people, I focus on the youths, the young people. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I see that they're hurting, they're in pain. I'm talking about a worldwide challenge, not just North America, 
the Caribbean, Europe, worldwide. And it is basically, Daryl, because of a lack of proper leadership, role leaders, role models that can mentor these young men, mentor these young women, and give them an opportunity so that they can say, you know what? I have a choice. I don't have to go this way. I don't have to go left. How much of a role are you currently playing in that regard? And is there a, a specific program where you get the opportunity to mentor young people so that we can have future leaders being brought out, whether it be in numbers or in organizations or true culture? It doesn't matter. Just some form of leadership. No, you're exactly right. I'm very fortunate. Uh, while I was in the military, I was a youth director, then I was also a youth minister and eventually a youth pastor. So a large part of my life has been working with young people. And the fun part about it was I was really blessed that when I traveled into cities, if we were there for, say, a week. Uh -huh. um, most of the hotels we stayed in were in obviously really nice um, areas in the city. But I would go to the front desk and say, Hey, I'm here for a week. Uh, part of what I do is community service because I'm still in the military. Mm -hmm. Is there a church or a school um, that has a has a lot of maybe underserved young people that I can go and be a guest? Yeah. And yeah. Andy, they were like, are you sure you want to go to that part of the neighborhood? <laughs> I was like, yes, ma'am, because I grew up in that part of the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I have to go yeah. back. And right. it, it never felt, Andy, I would either get a school or I'd get a church. And then I would call that church or that school and say, hey, you don't know me. I'm in the military. I'm here um, providing service to a VIP. And I happen to have some downtime on Sunday. I would love mm -hmm. to come and speak to your youth. And if it was a school, um, I would say I would love to come and speak to a particular classroom, especially if you have a classroom full of individuals that need direction. Right. And they were and they were like, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, I'm positive. <laughs> I must do this because this is part of my calling. Right. right. So as a youth pastor and youth minister, I always had great opportunities to go and speak to young people to share my story about where I came from. And it was so funny. I would always tease the adults, I said, the kids were more impressed that I grew up in Compton than they were that I served a president because uh, that was not relevant to them at their stage. And I understand that. And that's why I yeah, wanted to share yeah. that story. So yeah. that was great. And then even now, I always look for opportunities. I'm still an associate pastor, but I'm not a mm -hmm. youth pastor anymore because I'm too old to do all that type of stuff. But I provide guidance yeah. and mentoring. Uh, yeah. whenever possible and then my wife and i we look for areas in the community so there's in high school that's close to us and they have a great program which every 11th grader in this school goes through this three-day process of mock interviews okay where they have to come in dressed up and provide a resume and then we get to allow them to practice doing this and the great thing about it andy is this one question I always ask them, which is give me a situation or a task that you thought was going to be easy, but turned out to be way harder than it was. What mm. was that task and how did you respond? And the story that you get, Andy, it's not what you were thinking about, right? You're thinking yeah. about a hard yeah. homework assignment or a tough subject. 
Andy, these kids are pouring out their hearts talking about, wow. you know, they're the provider as being the oldest. It's just them and their mom. Their brother is sick. So I use those opportunities in that mock interview to, first of all, say, do you know what you're going through? And they're like, no, sir, what is it? You're going through resilience. Mm, you're yeah. learning a trait that's going to carry you for the rest of your life. So don't run away from that. Don't shy away from that. Wear that as a badge of honor, because if you can learn resilience at such a young age, you're going to be on a path that's going to get you closer to your goal than you can ever imagine. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. I love that. I really do. You have been married for 24 years plus. And it takes a lot to keep a marriage going these days. There's so many different challenges. I mean, and the challenges are as holistic as life itself comes knocking at you, running at you, screaming at you. How much of what you have experienced in your marriage and in your career has now come to the fore in terms of the people that you're dealing with from a client-based perspective? Are you seeing challenges with families and people struggling to keep marriages together, families together? What are some of the things that they're saying to you and some of the areas in which you are being called upon to address as someone who has the experience, but also the understanding of how to keep that relationship going from a family-based perspective? No, that's a great question, Andy. I'm very fortunate part of the Alliance Seminars coaching um, thing that we do and I do it with my wife is we do work with couples because again, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. what I've been married for 25 years. If I can't share with another couple, then what am I doing? Right. Yeah. I want to go out yeah. and share. So our thing is who else can we walk beside? Mm. So for us, one thing that we do is I like to work with the men. She works with the wives. And then when it's time for them to come together, right, they come together. And one of the things that we're finding out, especially when I talk one on one with the men, um, once I you know, earn their trust, Andy, they're very honest and they say, Darrell, mm -hmm. I did not have a father figure in my life. I grew wow. up the school of hard knocks. Right. Mm -hmm. Nobody in my family is married. Hmm. Right. So yeah. once you get the understanding of, OK, they're only doing the best they can with the experience that they've had. Mm -hmm. So now we get to go back and say, okay, so what do you want your marriage to look like? What type of things do you want your children to have? And once we get the basis of that, then we go back and start putting together some strategies to say, how comfortable are you with doing A, right? What can you do to get to B, right? What is it gonna look like when you get to C? So. I walk with these men and my wife and I walk with these couples and we take them strategically through a couple of things. And there's a great book that we use for the Pete marital coaching, which is uh, preparing for marriage. Um, but we don't just go through the book. We go through the, the instances, right. Mm -hmm. That the book yeah. talks about, and then yeah. we make it plain and say, okay, you know, what is this going to look like? when you're married and you have to decide whose house do we go to for Christmas or Thanksgiving? Because a lot of times couples don't think about those little things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that can cause a divide because you may have someone that's very close to their family. Do you have someone that says, I've been on my own, so why do I need to go to 
their house for Christmas. We start our own Christmas <laughs> yeah. tradition. And right. once we start pulling back those layers and giving them the understanding of what it means to be in family and not just your own family, but even the new family that you're part of. Yeah. It's such a blessing to see these couples, especially the men, their eyes open to like, oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. That <laughs> makes sense. And, yeah, yeah, and we yeah. just use just basic steps, Andy. We, we don't do anything that's so grand or like, hey, you have to get to this whole big thing. It's like, man, just do the little things, the little work. Yeah. And yeah. it's so funny. Most of the guys I talk to, they're you know American football fans. So I get to talk to them about strategies and teams that win the Super Bowl. And I'm always able to find something to say, hey, who's your favorite team? Hey, when your team had that great year, what was it that allowed them to win? Mm -hmm. And they'll always be able to say the quarterback play or the coach, the way he called the plays, or they had a strong defense. So I use those same analogies for their marriage to say, so guess what? Yeah. In your marriage, you have to have a strong defense. In your <laughs> marriage, as the head yeah. of the household, you have to call yeah. the right plays. And mm. also, as a husband, you have to quarterback your family. Yeah. Right. Because somebody's trying to keep y'all from getting to the end zone of healthiness. And you got to get right. to that end zone. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Amazing stuff, Daryl. Thanks so much for sharing. Sure. I, I'm listening to you and I'm getting three things. First of all, there is that spirit of humility and, and it it's combined with a spirit of gratitude. Secondly, you speak about paying your way forward. And it, it tells me that you understand the concept of being empty when you leave this world because the stuff that you have gained, the experience, the knowledge, it's not just for you. It's for somebody else. And the third thing that I see or hear coming out of you, I feel the need for people to understand their specific roles in life. I'm looking at the universe and I'm seeing leaders, Daryl, falling by the way. Apparently not getting it, not understanding that leadership is not about displaying power. But it's about displaying an understanding of the people that you are called upon and elected to serve. Where is the desire for servanthood leadership in the world today? For me personally, it's sadly lacking. And I'm not being political here. I'm just being openly observant about the style of leadership that apparently exists in the world today. If you can pinpoint something that you believe is specific to helping them to understand how much the people that they govern depends upon them, what would that be, Daryl? What would you say to these leaders? The first word that I would use, and I use it when I do my executive leadership coaching, is accountability. Yeah. As leaders, regardless yeah. of if we're starting out, or if we've made it to the pinnacle of whatever that is in our profession or our government, we have to have accountability partners. People that say, Andy, I knew you win, and I care about you so much, I'm not gonna let you make a stupid decision. And, mm. we, will, and we will sit here and we will wrestle until you say, I give, I give, because I care about you that much. Right. We have to have accountability partners to say, hey, I'm about to take on this new role. I'm about to take on this new office. I'm about to do this or do that. I need you to help me stay grounded mm -hmm. because I've seen it over the years. The more power you get, 
the more intoxicating it can be. And the mentors that I have had and I have seen <laughs> wow. that don't fall to the intoxication of power and influence are the ones that have great mentors themselves and they have accountability partners. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Wonderful. In terms of the use of AI, I'm seeing so much platforms, so much technology being branded about today. How much are you guys involved in using AI in your practices, particularly when you're looking at putting together maybe products or services that people would have access to on a regular basis? How important is AI to the production and development of the services that you offer in terms of the coaching and the leadership aspect? That's a great question, Andy. So, so far, we're sort of in that infant stage of applying the AI with what our services are. So, so far, um, everything we do is not AI based, but I am sure down the road we will get to that point. But for right now, uh, we're still kind of a homegrown personal relationship. Uh, meeting via Zoom type of thing. But eventually, okay. I believe that AI can truly help anyone um, as it relates to whatever that task is. I was, matter of fact, it's funny you mentioned that. The music minister at my church, after church, we were talking and he was asking me, you know, Darrell, have you heard about Chat GPT? <laughs> and I was like, no, tell me about it. And he was <laughs> sharing all these wonderful tricks and things that, you know, he was doing. And one of the things that I thought about when he was saying, let me give you an example. He said, chat GPT, give me a lesson plan on how to create a recruiting strategy for my agency. And, you know, yeah. sped out everything. And in the back of my mind, Andy, I'm thinking like, chat, BT, chat GPT, give me a uh -huh. plan for a husband that <laughs> needs to learn how to uh, forgive, <laughs> give uh -huh. me some strategies on forgiveness. Yeah. So yeah. I'm thinking in my mind, like, I see what they're doing, but I'm going to take it in a whole different direction now. Yeah, 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 great, great, <laughs> wonderful. So I'm thinking about, I just want to go back to the time that you, you serve on the communications team at the White House. Yes. And yes. I'm thinking about the level of responsibility that you had and I know, obviously, you would have had people around you uh, access to different systems. Many areas of resources would have been covered. But in terms of the weight of the responsibility, how do you actually prepare yourself for that, knowing that you can go out there and something unexpected, unpredictable can happen? What was the mindset that was necessary for you to just focus on the task at hand and not think about any other possibilities that could happen. Andy, that is a great question. And people don't realize when you're in those type of roles and positions, there's different ways to handle it. Some people have confidence. They believe yeah. in the, um, you know, their experience and things of nature. For me, honestly, it was all spiritual based. Uh, every, every trip that I went on, I prayed and, you know, asked for wisdom. I asked for guidance. I asked for patience every trip and then when i got on the trip and we got closer to the time for the principal to arrive right i'm praying again 
allow the equipment to work. Mm. <laughs> if the equipment does not work, allow us to way to troubleshoot it quickly. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. If someone makes a mistake, right. Or even if I make a mistake, right. Help me to look at the solution and not focus on the problem. Right. And I, and I had to do that all the time, Andy, because like you said, the weight can really make you feel like, oh my God, is this going to work? Is that going to work? Mm. Does Andy have all his equipment? I need, let me call Andy and make sure. If you are that type of leader, you make everybody else nervous yeah, because yeah, you're nervous. Yeah. So yeah. I had to really learn how to be patient, how to be calm. Even if something was acting up and not working right and the vice president or the president was coming in an hour, uh, they may be running around like, you know, the phone lines just got cut. Okay. Mm. Who put in the phone lines? Oh, well, the, the telephone company. Do we have the phone number to the telephone company? Do we have a person on standby? Hey, let's call that standby person and see how long it can take them to get here. And they're like, but that makes sense. I'm like, well, in the time uh, of crisis, that's the only thing that's going to help us get through it. So yep. why, why exert all this extra energy? So for me, Andy, I had to learn how to, in, in the back of my mind, I'm always troubleshooting. If this happens, what am mm. I going to do? If this happens, what am I going to say? Yeah. So yeah. I would always be in what I call a preparation mode. Mm -hmm. And then plus my military background, that's another thing. We're always in the mindset of what's next. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I can tell you that when that trip was over and I went home and I'm in the bed, um, my wife would tell me like, hey, hey, you were talking in your sleep. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> what what wow. was I saying? Right. <laughs> and Andy, she would say. You were like having a meeting, like, hey, did everybody take the Secret Service their radios? Did everybody oh, uh, take yeah. their equipment? So mm. the stress doesn't go away. It still yeah. stays there until you find yeah. proper ways to release it. So it was definitely a lot of weight all the time. I just found a way to channel it just enough so I could get through that particular mission yeah. and then yeah. go home. And, and that's another reason why I did community service because that allowed me not to even think about that. Right. Like, right, oh my gosh, right. that was a crazy trip. Hmm. This really could have happened. But instead yeah. of focusing on that, now focus on, okay, I'm going to talk to these 11th graders. I got to be on point because as soon as I say something stupid, they're going to tune me out. So that yep. became more of the focus versus uh -huh. what happened on the trip. Yeah, great. So you found a way to switch off and that's extremely important because yeah. If you took better care of yourself, then when you return to your actual position, you're in a better frame of mind if you take care of yourself physically, spiritually, all wrong. The more you take care of yourself better, the better you can go and function in that specific place of responsibility. I get it. You mentioned the, the fact that in the back of your mind, you are like working stuff out if this happens what do we do? How do we respond, et cetera? Do we have this resource and standby? I'm thinking about in leadership, it requires the ability to have contingencies yes. available. How much of it is into what you currently do with your leadership coaching that you tell leaders it is extremely important, it is of absolute importance to understand the presence of contingencies? Andy, you're so right. Any type of organization that has anything to do with success, 
uh-huh. you must have contingency plans. But I tell you, Andy, the biggest struggle I have with leaders is not the contingency plan. It's the fact that they believe they have to come up with a contingency plan. Oh. And what they bring me in for and what I end up doing is asking them those tough questions. Well, what if there's a better contingency plan? Do you want mm-hmm. your plan or do you want the best plan? And yeah. then when they say, well, obviously I want the best plan. But what if the best plan comes from Andy, who's a branch manager? What if the best plan comes from Rochelle, who's a division chief? What would it look like if you brought those contingencies from your team and not doing it from a top down? Mm. What would that do for you and your organization? And instantly, Andy, the light bulb would come on and they would go, wait a minute, I would have buy-in. It wouldn't yeah, be my yeah. idea. It'd be their idea. I said, no, no, it would be all of your ideas. That's right. Yeah. And and then uh-huh. I would tell them, Andy, as great of a leader as you are, because, you know, I like to play to the leader's egos because sometimes that mm-hmm. helps. As yeah. great as yeah. a leader that you are, by you allowing them to help with the process and bring the contingencies, not only will you get the best contingency, but you will look like a genius because mm. you brought out the best from your team members. They will know and respect you the more because they know that you value what they bring to the table. And I said the yeah. greatest leaders bring value to the table by valuing what others say. Yeah. Ah, wonderful. So I'm going to share something with you now, Daryl. And I did some research into Sir Winston Churchill. Are you familiar with the name? Yes, sir. Yeah. One of the things that he did that made him extremely successful is that he had the the penchant to always kind of go against the norm, that which was expected of him to do. And on a specific occasion, he would have these meetings with all his military heads And on one occasion, when they were dealing with the Nazi, he required a single officer of each rank from general all the way down to foot soldier. And people like, hey, so Winston, what are you doing? That's not the norm. You know, it, it doesn't make sense. We don't understand. What's the purpose? And he said to them, please just do what I ask you to do. And you'll understand the purpose when the task is done. And so in the meeting, when they sat down, he displayed, got information from all the generals, put the master plan out, and then he asked every single officer from generals all the way down to foot soldier to make an input. And then when the final exercise was done, Everybody was on deck with a plan that everybody knew what everybody's role was going to be. And they got it. And guess what? They went out and they executed and they won. I'm saying all that to ask you, is that something that you would advise leaders, heads of government, maybe military people, paramilitary people, executive leaders to try and copy because at the end of the day it was not just 
information coming from top to bottom, but it was a combination of bottom and top. And then when the information out, everyone knew what everyone was doing. So when they went out on the field, there was just harmony, synergy, and the task was completed. No, that's exactly uh, what any uh, organization should be doing. Uh, you have to make sure that we call it the vision, yeah. right? It's passed down all the way down to the lowest employee. And then when you start to put together what we call the strategic plan, yeah, right? The leaders start off with this is the overall goal. But to get to that goal, um, you really do have to go to the bottom because those are the individuals that are going to execute it. And sometimes yeah. as leaders at the top, we see the overall vision of what it needs to be. But mm -hmm. a lot of times we don't see the challenges mm. that could get in yeah. the way of the vision. And that's why what you yeah. said and the example you gave is so important. When you say this is the vision, now you guys tell me what's the best way to get to it. What do yeah. you young ladies see that I'm not seeing? What am mm -hmm. I not asking? What questions should I be asking? And when you put those things on the table, um, nine times out of 10, you will always get the best uh, strategic plan that you could have um, ever imagined had you have done it on your own with just certain individuals. Everybody wow. that is successful, I don't care what organization, what sports team, it's funny when you hear them talk and they'll say, well, what made it so different this year? And then you will hear people say, well, we were all on the same page. Nobody <laughs> cared who got the success. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, every person stepped up when somebody else fell down. And it's like, well, that's so simple. Everybody can do that. Hmm. Everybody can do it, but not everybody does it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, that reminds me of Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan, mm -hmm. and LA Lakers, Kobe Bryant. Yes. I always, I always speak about these two guys because what I understand about their leadership role is that they were prepared to include every single member of the team. They understood the balance of having every single member have an input in the team. And at the end of the day, it was critical to the success of the team. So, yeah, we appreciate that. Amazing stuff. So, well, we just have about... Andy, on this yeah, one sure. Point, on that, since you brought up one of my favorite players, Kobe Bryant, I have to make yeah. sure that people understand. Yeah. The, the Kobe Bryant that was dominating and was losing, right, was the Kobe Bryant that did not realize I have to include my whole team. When he yeah, was losing... He yeah. was trying to do everything, everything by, himself. by himself. That's right. Eventually, when Phil Jackson said, hey, what would it look like, like you said, if you included your teammates, if you yeah. went out to dinner with them? He's like, what do you mean go out to dinner with them? You know, I got to go practice. And he was trying to tell Kobe, unless you jail as a team, you will never get the best out of everybody around you. And yeah. that was a very important lesson that allowed Kobe to win those other two championships. That's right. Fantastic. Thanks for sharing. Great stuff, Daryl. Great stuff. Yeah, so we just have about a minute. And what I would like to give you now the opportunity to do is to share your information with people 
and how they can get you. I'm going to help you a little bit. Uh, you can see I'm putting it up on the screen there. But tell them how is the most efficient and effective way they can get to you for your services, your professional abilities, and your core competencies and so on. Sure. Um, the, definitely the first one, the website, right? AllianceSeminars.org is always the number yeah. one way. Um, the second way is definitely the um, looking us up on Facebook through Alliance yeah. Seminars Coaching. Um, those are really the two best ways um, mm -hmm. that you can find us. And we have a, enough podcasts out there now where when you type in Darrell Williams and podcasts, I'm pretty fortunate that um, there's a lot of information out there. And again, when they see the podcast and and they'll realize that, man, this guy could have said so much more, but everything he says is in humility. And that's just who I am. Yeah. Every accolade that you read off and everything that I was able to accomplish, it really wasn't about me. But it's like you said before, it just gives me a platform to help somebody and let them know that I can help you in any way possible because I'm from a neighborhood that did not have resources because I've worked at the highest level of government. I've seen success in different ways, but I've also seen failure. Mm. So, you know, everything that I've been able to be a part of has prepared me just to help somebody else. Yeah. Amazing. So Daryl, before we close, I want to ask you if you had a mag, a megaphone and you could speak to just about, eight point something billion people i think is the population of the world right now and it's the only time that you could say something to them but you know it's the opportunity to have some form of resonation what would you say to them one thing i would say is every challenge that you are dealing with you have to look past the surface of why you're going through that challenge Mm. because it is my belief that every challenge that we go through is not only to teach us a lesson, mm -hmm. but to help us realize that we are stronger than we can imagine. And there are some things that happen to us that shake us to our core, but not only does it shake us to our core, but it also shakes some things inside of us that allow us to step up to the occasion and those things can only come out, unfortunately, doing what we believe are worst case scenarios. So realize that it's you know, almost like in um, the book of James, count it all joy, even mm -hmm. though it doesn't seem like joy at that time. Yeah. <laughs> but when we get to the other side of that situation, you will be able to look back and say, I was actually stronger than I thought I was. I did not know yeah. that I had that inside of me. Yeah. So that's one lesson. And then the other lesson is know that everything that happens to you is not just for you, but it's also for you to help somebody else. We have to help our fellow man and say, hey, I don't know your exact situation, but I know that I've gone through something similar. And here are the steps that help me. I hope that they can help you. Yeah, great. Thanks for sharing. There you have it, folks. Our guest, Daryl Williams, inspirational speaker, leadership and relationship coach, White House Communications Agency Hall of Fame member, ICF accredited master certified life coach and a presidential service badge recipient. We have been in the presence of an individual who has been through some really amazing stuff and is now paying it forward. And he's working with so many people to ensure they understand the power 
and the importance of true leadership. So this is Andy of Andy's Personal together with my guest, Dar Williams, in the, break in, in the breakout room saying so long, folks. Until next time, remember the three watchwords, health, happiness, prosperity. That's what we work for all the time. Until next time, so long, shalom, Godspeed, God bless, namaste. Bye for now.